What's happening, everybody? On today's show, a couple of spring football injuries over at Georgia and Auburn. We'll continue to bring you our spring football updates. We've got two teams in the Final Four for women's basketball and some transfer news in SEC men's basketball. Who is on the move? Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. Thanks for uh, joining us. I'm Chris Gordy, and uh, thank you for making us your first listen every day. Remember, you can check us out on YouTube or at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Plenty to discuss. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Around the conference. And we start with some injury news over at Georgia as one of their key running backs and... Really key returners on offense. Uh, it's going to miss the remainder of spring practices with an injury report. That's according to multiple sources, including Seth Emerson of The Athletic. He says Kendall Milton will miss the final three weeks of spring practice for Georgia, dealing with an injured hamstring that will keep him sidelined heading into this season. Milton was expected to be one of the big pieces of that backfield along Dejon Edwards. Team's leading rusher from a year ago, Kenny McIntosh. We know was off to the NFL. And uh, with the two returning running backs, Milton was the more explosive of the two, averaging close to seven yards a carry. He was also third on the team with almost 600 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns. So hopefully uh, for his sake, this is just a minor setback. And uh, hopefully Kendall Milton and Georgia Bulldogs will be fine here. Um... As of now, they said no reason to believe that he won't be ready for the start of fall practices, but an opportunity here now for some of the younger guys to uh, show what they can do for Georgia. But Kendall Melton, definitely one we want to keep an eye on because that is a big, big piece for the Georgia backfield heading into this season. But, man, they've just had an embarrassment of riches in recent years at Georgia with running back, right? It's like, you know, three-headed, four-headed attack. Plug and play, put anybody got anybody in there. That guy's off to the NFL, plug in the next guy. But anyway, we'll see uh, who performs here these last couple weeks for Georgia in their spring practices. Meanwhile, over at Auburn, Hugh Freeze revealing that uh, one of their Auburn defensive backs is expected to miss the rest of Auburn spring practice. Hugh Freeze told reporters second-year DB J.D. Rim is sidelined due to an injury right now. He's a former four-star recruit out of the Georgia area. He was part of Auburn's 2022 recruiting class as a freshman, played all 12 games of last season, primarily played nickel, recorded uh, 14 total tackles last year at three tackles in games against Mississippi State and Georgia. In the Mississippi State game, he also recorded the first pass breakup of his college career, Auburn is over 10 practices into the spring period. The uh, annual 8A game is set for uh, April 8th coming up. So uh, Rim should be good to go for summer workouts and fall camp, but that is a piece that uh, Auburn will be missing. The guy who's a uh, key contributor in that secondary. All right, let's talk a little recruiting. Ole Miss, they are picking up on the recruiting trail just two days after they landed four-star D lineman Jeffrey Rush. The Rebels have another in-state prospect 
they're adding to the defensive side. Jones College linebacker Raymond Collins announced on Monday he is going to Ole Miss. He's a JUCO prospect for the 2024 class. Had offers from Southern Miss and Akron, among others. Defensive coordinator Pete Golding continues to add to this defense. Ole Miss uh, was the first to offer the six foot two, 235-pound linebacker. And uh, we'll see what Raymond Collins does for Ole Miss coming up this year. He was, um, or next year rather, he was on a visit to Oxford this past weekend as a freshman at Jones College last year. Recorded 46 tackles, two and a half sacks. Recorded a 4-6 40-yard dash time. Does not have a rating currently on 24-7 sports or the composite, but he is the sixth known commitment for Ole Miss in their 2024 recruiting class for next year. So uh, keep an eye on Raymond Collins, the JUCO linebacker, coming to Ole Miss. Other recruiting news as we head over to the Swamp, three-star athlete Josiah Davis out of Georgia has announced his commitment to play for the Florida Gators. He is another one, doesn't have a 24-7 sports composite ranking yet. Chose Florida over the likes of Kentucky, Tennessee, and others. Listed six foot one, 185 pounds, was recruited to Florida. Listed as an athlete or a wide receiver slash safety. Very athletic. Takes part in track and field, basketball as well. He's being recruited to play DB at Florida. He had two visits to Florida this month, and is the fifth member of Florida's 2024 class. Over in South Carolina, Shane Beamer reaching into the NFL ranks to add to his staff. According to a report, former Panthers quarterback coach Sean Ryan going to join Shane Beamer's staff as an extensive NFL coaching uh, experience. Coach for the Texans, Giants, Lions. Most recently was with the uh, Panthers and Matt Rule. One of his career highlights came during his tenure with the Texans where he coached Deshaun Watson in 2017 and 2018 was thought to be a possible candidate for a similar position with the Browns. So we'll see uh, if that helps with the quarterback spot. Spencer Radler and the group over there at South Carolina. We'll see if Sean Ryan can be an asset for them. Over at Missouri, football scoop reporting that uh, Mizzou has found their new offensive line coach. Former Houston offensive line coach Brandon Jones will be joining Drinkwitz staff. On their line, he's been a coach since 2007, started at Texas Tech, coached at Sam Houston State, ECU, and Cal, returned to Texas Tech, and when Dana Holgerson left West Virginia for Houston in 2018, he was hired away and uh, was Houston's offensive line coach for the last four seasons. So we'll see what uh, Brandon Jones can do for the offensive line there at Missouri. That's some nice pieces there in recent years. We'll see if Mizzou can get that O-line up and humming. And there you have it. That is the latest news going on on football spring practices. When we return, we're going to talk about half of the Final Four in women's basketball being all SEC teams. That's coming your way in just a second. But first, I want to remind you that this episode is presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Of course, the tournament is in full swing. We've got the uh, last four teams happening this weekend, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That is because 
Uh, FanDuel is now giving customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today. Claim your first bet, no-sweat first bet. You can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which teams will be cutting down the net all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Continue on here, Locked On SEC. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. We uh, didn't talk about LSU punching their ticket to the Final Four yesterday because we're waiting to see if South Carolina would, and they indeed did. So let's jump into it as uh, the SEC. They did not fare very well in the men's tournament, but the women's tournament is a different story. We've got two SEC teams that have punched their tickets to the Final Four. South Carolina women's basketball punched their ticket back to the Final Four on Monday evening, downing the two-seed Maryland 86-75, to and they're heading to Dallas. Gamecocks have just been so unstoppable all season long. They've now won 42 straight games, come away victorious in 59 of their last 60, and a big majority of those 59 wins have been blowouts. Only five teams have lost by less than 10 points to Don Staley's crew. They are 36-0 this season. Like, give Maryland credit. I was watching some of the game in the second quarter that Maryland had a lead, and they were getting scrappy, and then suddenly South Carolina kind of started to pull away, jumped up to an eight-point lead at the half, and just kind of never looked back. So uh, South Carolina, that duo of Aaliyah Boston um, and Zia Cook, they are just so, so good. But Aaliyah Boston absolutely has been dominant. 22 points, 10 rebounds with a double-double the other night. Uh, her and Cook combined to score 40 points with the win. South Carolina travels to Dallas with a date against a really, really good Iowa team that features what a lot of people think could be the best player in the country in Caitlin Clark. She is really, really good. But South Carolina's defense is elite as well. So you get this elite defense from South Carolina going up against one of the best offensive players in all of women's college basketball in Caitlin Clark. So going to be a good matchup there. And uh, we'll see if South Carolina can win their second straight national title, third in school history. Uh, Meanwhile, LSU, they will uh, also play on Friday. Uh, They punched their ticket to the Final Four on Sunday. They won uh, over Miami 54-42. Miami had previously won three games as an underdog in the tournament, but LSU clamped down defensively. And LSU with their first Final Four appearance since 2008. It is the Tigers' sixth trip to the Final Four in program history. Alexis Morris had 21 points for LSU. Angel Reese at 13 points, 19 rebounds, and 5 assists. She is a monster on the boards, swallowing up uh, rebounds and getting putbacks. Coach Kim Mulkey, just her second year at LSU, she has quickly been able to rebuild that program after the Tigers went seven seasons without an NCAA tournament win. And we could, could get an all-SEC championship if both South Carolina and LSU can advance. And that would be a rematch of a game we saw earlier this season. Back on February 12th, LSU lost at South Carolina 
88-64 for their first loss of the season. Now, it is worth noting that game was at Carolina. It was a hostile environment. Those fans are fired up. The crowd was behind them. So a rematch on a neutral court over there in Dallas is a chance. LSU could put up more of a fight this time around, be a more competitive game, so we will see. But again, both teams have business to take care of in front of them before we can talk championship on Sunday. Uh, Those two Final Four games will be played on Friday in Dallas, and best of luck to our last two LSU or uh, SEC teams standing, LSU and South Carolina. I mean, look, we've had some all-SEC championships recently. We've had a couple in football with Bama and Georgia. We've had... uh, had it in baseball, you know, it's it's happened in a couple of sports here recently. So we'll see if uh, it happens in women's college basketball this year. But can, again, congrats to Don Staley and Kim Mulkey and their crews over at LSU in South Carolina. Phenomenal seasons, and they continue to play. So we'll keep you up to date on all of that. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll switch gears. We'll talk a little about, bit about the men's basketball side. We've got some transfers, some guys hitting the portal Severe Wheeler at Kentucky on the move. We'll talk about that next. All right, roll along here, locked on SEC, and let's jump back into it because we've got some SEC hoops news as uh, Severe Wheeler is on the move again over at Kentucky as he has plans to enter the transfer portal that coming from Jeff Borzello over at ESPN. And uh, Wheeler is a uh, Houston native, began his career at Georgia. This past year averaged seven and a half points, two rebounds, five and a half assists for Kentucky. Missed 13 games, mostly following an ankle injury that just wouldn't go away. Didn't appear on senior night, pointed to an undisclosed medical procedure. Last played before the injury on February 4th was expected to be available in the NCAA tournament when Kentucky played Providence and Kansas State, but we did not see him hit the floor. And uh, when healthy, he was averaging close to 29 minutes a game. It's a big part of Kentucky's rotation. Seemed to be better coming off the uh, off the bench than starting, but true freshman guard Cason Wallace really took on a larger role in Wheeler's place down the back part of the season. And Wheeler, five foot nine, was a second team all SEC selection last year when he was also a finalist for the Bob Cousy Award, presented to the nation's top point guard. He opened this past season uh, back to the starting point guard role, but up and down play and a shoulder injury kept him out of Kentucky's January 14th road win at Tennessee. And that led John Calipari to give. Start giving his playing time to Cason Wallace. So, uh, Severe Wheeler, we will see. Will he stay in the SEC? Will he make it a third different SEC team? Uh, we will find out. But, uh, man, it's uh, just unfortunate it didn't work out there. I know some Kentucky fans really liked him. And um, some weren't the biggest fans. But, again, Cason uh, Wallace kind of did his part in uh, taking that spot. If you're watching our YouTube, we've got a picture of uh, Casey Wallace with John Cale Perry. I understand it's not uh, Severe Wheeler, but Cal's team, like I said, going to be moving on from Severe Wheeler, and uh, we will see where he ends up. Cal did say in a tweet on Monday that Wheeler had recently revealed his plans 
to him. He said he supports him on his decision to seek a fresh start as a graduate transfer. And uh, see if that's somewhere else in the SEC. Meanwhile, Kentucky reached out to North Carolina transfer forward Puff Johnson, according to CBS Sports' John Rothstein. The Wildcats, one of several programs who have reached out to the former Tar Heel. Other schools include LSU, Oklahoma, Indiana, and TCU. Johnson's coming off a uh, disappointing year, played a bench role for Carolina, scoring just four points in 16 minutes per game. His biggest contribution at North Carolina came in last year's national championship game where he scored 11 points off the bench in Carolina's loss to Kansas. Just finished his third season in Chapel Hill, has two years of eligibility remaining. So we'll see if he goes and joins Cal's crew over at Kentucky. In other SEC men's hoops news, Vanderbilt will be losing a multi-year contributor to the transfer portal. Senior guard slash forward Jordan Wright is hitting the portal. Will use his last extra year of eligibility elsewhere. He's six foot six, two hundred and twenty pounds. Played in over one hundred and twenty games at Vanderbilt over the last four seasons. Made seventy three starts, and he's got that fifth year of college basketball available to him. His most productive season came in 2020-21 when he made 36 appearances, all starts in that season. He averaged 12 points a game and almost 6.5 rebounds in over 30 minutes per game this past year. Played in 33 games with 16 starts. And uh, he's put up some impressive numbers in his career there. Over 1,100 uh, points scored, almost 600 rebounds. We're going to see what's next for Wright, but I have a prediction. If you read up a little bit on Jordan Wright, he is from Baton Rouge, went to the Dunham School there. Uh, would make a lot of sense for him to go back home to play at LSU for Matt McMahon. We saw it with LSU and Brian Kelly this past year in football. Brought back a, a lot of former Baton Rouge and Louisiana kids back home to play for the home state school. Would make sense if he wants to go finish his career out at LSU. Matt McMahon can use all the help he can get over there in rebuilding that LSU program. In a couple of SEC basketball or baseball nuggets before we get out of here, uh, LSU star center fielder Dylan Cruz was named co-player of the week by the league office after his impressive series weekend over Arkansas. Uh, Cruz shared the honor with Florida's Jack Caglione and Vanderbilt's Parker Nolan. So congrats to all three of those guys. Impressive numbers they have been putting up this year. Dylan Cruz uh, led the top-ranked Tigers to three wins in four games last week, batting 625 across those four games with four homers, nine ribbies, nine runs scored. He homered in each of the four games played last week and extended his hitting streak to 22 games. Impressive what he's doing. And uh, also at LSU, the top-ranked Tigers, they uh, impressive uh, performance from Paul Skeens, their Friday night starter, as he continues to dominate and LSU head coach Jay Johnson was talking with the media on Monday afternoon and was asked about uh, Paul Skeens transferring to Baton Rouge. He said he is uh, he's happy with Skeens in a Tiger uniform, and that is, quote, the understatement of the century. He is uh, second in the country with a 0.71 ERA. He's one of just four pitchers in the country with an ERA below one. And LSU in the middle of SEC play. They will take on number 11, Tennessee, starting Thursday, hosting 
Tony Vitello's crew and the Vols. So uh, going to be fun, a fun SEC baseball weekend up ahead. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And uh, make sure to go check out our brand new podcast, the Locked on College Basketball Pod. Everything you need to know about college hoops all in one place. Hear from some big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. Make sure you subscribe and check us out, either the uh, audio version on Apple iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your audio pods, and then, of course, the video version over on YouTube and a bevy of our websites across the uh, Tegna TV stations all out there. I want to remind you guys to check out tomorrow's episode. We are going to catch up with our buddy John Garcia, our SEC recruiting insider. We'll talk with him about some of these kids that have committed to SEC schools in the past two weeks. Plenty to catch up on with him, so make sure you subscribe and stay tuned for that. I'm Chris Gordy. You guys have an awesome day. Talk to you tomorrow right here on Locked On SEC.